I'm gonna hit this here. Alrighty. I'm gonna count three, two, one. We'll clap. You guys ready? We're all gonna clap together. Clap together. Three, two, one. Alrighty. I hated that. Why? <laughs> we were pretty unison. That was good. That was that was a that was one of the better clap syncs I've been a part of. If That'll I'm be honest. like the best peak in your mix. Yeah, I think that that was pretty good. Alrighty. Are you guys ready to get going? Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. We're gonna get started. And you know what we're not gonna. Oh. Why? Is he in the shot? Or do I need to move Yeah, he's back? in the shot. Oh, he's right there. I see my big old blue shirt. Okay, it looks like he's on the corner. Big old blue shirt. All righty. Let's get going. You know what we're not going to forget today? Introductions. Uh, hello, and thank you for tuning into the movie rubric. I'm Timothy McDaniel. Cole Wright. And I'm Josh Glass. I, I looked like, at Josh. I didn't, look, I didn't like the way Josh looked at the camera. <laughs> I looked at Josh, and then you started. And I was like, who do I look at? Well, listen, and, we, have a, we have a set order. You, just, you changed up the seating order, though, and you've thrown off the balance to everything. You're welcome to sit here. No, I don't want to. Be. I figured you didn't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be dead on with the camera. So it's been quite a while since we've done an episode. It has. And I was trying to think, what could we do you know, to celebrate coming back? Um, and I thought Oppenheimer is this big, beautiful shot on 72mm IMAX movie. It'd be kind of cool if we did something video-related as like a, a coming back. Um, so here it is. This is our first Maybe or only. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Video episode. Um, I have an idea, and I don't know if it's going to work out. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to put in like a meme here, just somewhere in here. <laughs> I have this idea where since Oppenheimer is very tall as the mm -hmm. IMAX, we should do ultra widescreen. <laughs> just the exact opposite. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> because we're nowhere near the quality of Nolan and his film directing. No. So um, it may not work. I may do it in there. We'll go. We can go in there together. We'll look at it, and it may be a big pile of dog, you know, just awful. So, we, you know what? We may not do that. So, all right. Hey, today we are going to be reviewing Oppenheimer, um, what I previously knew as the movie Oppenheimer. Yeah. Found Same. out I, I had that wrong. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, and we went to a theater in Edwardsville, not the theater we wanted to go to, but I thought it was okay. It was all right. It yeah. Was all right. We're still in Illinois, despite your uh, <laughs> telling that waitress, like, oh, yeah, we're from Illinois. Like, we are. I was, I, I'm not a liar. You didn't lie. It was just awkward. It's like, so is she. Like, I don't yeah. In my <laughs> mind, once you like leave our town and start heading far enough that way, there's just a point where my brain just assumes it's all Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we had crossed that threshold. We clearly had not. That is okay. No, so we went to we went to Edwardsville. I thought the theater was fine. I'll say my favorite part about the theater was I'm an AMC A-list member. Mm -hmm. Have been for a while. When we started doing this, I thought I'm going to sign up for... Shameless plug. Not intentional. I don't... But... <laughs> As many movies as we watch. We come to this place. Oh, stop. <laughs> Hold on. It was shorter. It I have that in my notes. It, it was. was shorter. The yeah. stupid. No is it Nicole Kidman? Is, yeah. nah, is it? It is. Okay. Nicole Kidman opening. Probably the worst. She is. And it's like, it was shorter in IMAX. Huh. It was. I don't know why, but it was. SNL did it the best, though. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> but anyways, I was like, you know, we, as many movies we see, I pay for A-list. I've never once, because our theater's not busy enough, gotten to use the feature where you get to skip ahead in a line. Mm. Um, this theater, when we got there, had a line almost into one of the theaters snaking throughout the place. Yeah. And I was like, and Reed was like, hey, aren't you a VIP member? And I was like, as a matter of fact, I am. So we walked <laughs> straight up to the front, and I scanned my little thing, and it felt powerful. I felt good. And then did the same thing. I was like, Cole, you want anything? Because I wanted to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> he was I was like, like, <laughs> I'm like, I looked at the line. I'm like, I'm not waiting for that. And you go, oh, do you want something? I'm like, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> if I had been wearing a collared shirt, I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got this. So we got to skip. Um, 
when I was checking out with uh, my friend, I found out I have ninety five dollars in AMC points. So wow, next movie's on me. Okay, <laughs> next <All> round's right. <laughs> on me. No, the theater was good. My only problem was I'm not used to non reclining seats. Yeah, it was a little uncomfortable, especially for three hours. The balance. Yeah, you get the nice sound, but you just get a slightly uncomfortable seat. The sound was crisp. It sound was so was worth it. So crisp. The Exorcism trailer was a real <laughs> test of that sound system. That, that, that was, system. That was wild. The trailer and the sound. Yeah. The trailer, I'm mildly interested in that. Um, I do think it's funny. We've got to have an excuse to do a horror movie tier list. Absolutely. So. I think our friend made the comment. He's like, it's Exorcism 2. Now there's two of them. Doubly scary. <laughs> really, it's a little weird. Two, it's <laughs> like uh, six or seven at this point. There's yeah. been a lot of Exorcist movies. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do with that. We'll see. This one actually looks legit scary. Other than like the first one was scary. Everything after that is, was, they're just cashing in on the name, and you could tell they uh, didn't care much on that. Yeah, it's the first time in a while I saw a scary movie trailer and actually was a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I'll it give was, it that. It was weird, that's for sure. Evil Dead Rise, it has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, and the trailer for Evil Dead Rise didn't scare me at all. I yeah. thought that looked corny. Um, but that so, one was actually a good horror movie. Was it? Yeah. I need to look at that one. And then we'll do a movie horror tier list. So Me and Josh will debate it. Movie <laughs> horror tier list. I want to make sure I say that again horror. before we just start. Like, Not a movie it. horror. Here's our favorite hookers across cinema. <laughs> oh, there's the expletive. We're going to get the little E next to this podcast You now. can't put no, it on YouTube fine. for kids. You can. We were never putting this on YouTube for kids. <laughs> Listen, how are we going to get that ad revenue? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All of our sponsors. Hey, if you would like to sponsor... Just reach this out. This is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legend. No, don't give people it's free not. plugs. Don't give people free plugs. All righty, let's get Main into street. it. We're we're talking about Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, and I actually like at one point. I think it was when he was going to see the president. Um, they actually said open at one point. Did they? Uh, um, I someone. I, I maybe I'm misremembering. Someone accidentally called him Oppenheimer, hmm. and he went in, and then the person addressed him correctly as Oppenheimer. But I was like, that would have been me. I would have thought that was Oppenheimer. <laughs> Um, let's just kind of dive in, you know, um, a couple quick facts about the movie. I was curious how much it uh, made Josh help me look it up here beforehand. This movie has made around 412 globally, which is very good. And Barbie has made 795 globally. And it's led to a lot of really cool headlines that I've seen where Hollywood is questioning, like, why do we need 10 Fast and the Furious movies? Um, and I'm hoping they actually... Because family. Because family. Listen, yes. they, they know the meme at this point. <laughs> They're going to keep going with they the do. meme. I'm hoping they actually recognize, though, that sometimes good original films are worth it. And I say that as Mattel is planning, like, the MCU of yeah. Barbie. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we've got, like, 20 toy movies. <laughs> are, are they? Is that a thing happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know exactly the that number. That may be kind of wild, actually. They wanted to do, like, a Mattel cinematic universe. Oh, okay, y- you know what? I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea. <laughs> I do hate it. I don't hate it. What, what kind of toys are they going to use in this thing? Mattel owns half the toys, don't they? They do. I mean, I'm trying to think of what you can make a movie around. Hold on. Do they own G.I. Joe? They've done that already, though. But here's what Been I want. Been there, done that. I want... Small soldiers, but with G.I. Joe. I want... So Barbie comes to the real world. I want G.I. Joe comes to the real world. And then we, you know, they do a team-up movie, Avengers style. So take down Cobra. Hate, you know what? I don't like it as much as I did. Like Cobra being ran by ago. the patriarchy. <laughs> so no, that, I mean, if you want just a good version of that, just small soldiers. G.I. Joe is owned by Hasbro. Darn it. What does Mattel own? Oh, I thought that's what you were Googling. I was really excited. I was like, I bet he's Googling what does Mattel own. Oh, I was, re- I was Googling 
does Mattel own G.I. Ah, Joe, so. That's all right. So Barbenheimer was a huge opening uh, weekend, you know, for Hollywood. But I want to ask you guys, before we actually start talking about the movie, going into this movie, what did you think the film was going to be like? Because it's not what I was expecting. I was expecting just a very historical movie with, I was expecting a big boom, or a lot of big booms, which we got those. Yeah. But... It, it added more to the story. I thought it was just going to be, we make the bomb and then we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, before we get into spoilers, I'm going to say it does not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is until we get to the spoilers. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of the same way. I was expecting it to be more like how they built the bomb, which there was plenty of that, mm-hmm. but not as much about his life after the war. I agree. I wasn't expecting it to be, Tarantino-esque with how much talking there was. Mm. Like, there was a ton of just dialogue in this movie, and it was, the pacing in this movie is phenomenal. It it never lets up. Never. <laughs> it's like a bullet train. It's like, I was trying to explain it. My, my grandpa asked, he said, did you did you see that, that Oppenheimer movie? And I said, yeah. And he goes, is that a documentary? And I was like, no, no. not a documentary, which is a common misconception. Um, but it was, I said, it's almost like a Tarantino movie at points. It's like scene, talking. Scene, talking. Dialogue, talking. Mm-hmm. Next scene, talking. And it's all underscored, most of it, with very, very minimal, I don't want to spoil that just yet, but very, very minimal scenes in this movie don't have some sort of like classical violin underscoring to it. It made it feel almost like it was a trailer the a whole movie. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, what's next? Yeah. What's next? It's a, it's a <laughs> prime example of that. You can do a three-hour movie and keep people's attention. Do you hear that, James Cameron? We're still on Avatar. Avatar I'm not, I'm three. Not, I'm not gonna forget. I'm not gonna forgive him for it. That was three hours. I'm never gonna get back. Uh, I was like, I was trying to think of a way to get it back for you, but no. Yeah, Avatar three. It's gonna tie it all together. It better. I mean, the first two sucked. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think we're going to the Fire Nation for the next one. Oh, we better. I mean, we just need that. At this I think point. he's literally trying to rip off the Nickelodeon franchise at this point. Well, I mean, they, they bombed that in live action movie. We did, we did like Earth. We did Water. I think we're doing Fire. And I wouldn't be surprised if the fourth movie takes place in like a sky castle when he <laughs> does air. You know what? If he does it and he's just mad trolling, it'll I'll change your the, opinion. It'll the change greatest opinion. long play yeah. ever. I'm like, you know what? I will. I will. Personally, make an apology video, <laughs> send it to James Cameron. When we like, and he's, walk not, even, he's and not even gonna know like why was this guy mad at me? Yeah, it's gotta be like black and white. Yeah. You walk I'm in, you sit down, the... you sigh. <sighs> <laughs> I gotta have like three dots at the end of the I'm sorry. Can you do what's her face where she like apologized with the ukulele? All aboard, gossip <laughs> <Got some> train. <laughs> it's got it's gotta be heavy metal though. Oh, yeah. So, way off track. Anyways, no, this movie was not what I was expecting at all. And I was curious if you guys, because you probably watched more trailers for the movie than I did, had a better expectation of the movie. I bet. That's all right. (laughs) You and that water bottle. You guys can now see what we have to put up with where Cole just (laughs) regularly hits the table, moves stuff around for no reason, bumps his mic. It's just, it's a constant occurrence. Now now in, in Technicolor. And hopefully, maybe widescreen. <laughs> oh, guys, I don't think we're recording. No, we are. I'm kidding. Okay. Don't panic me like that. All righty. Um, I'd say, oh, sorry, I almost skipped a part. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Should people go see this movie? Um, I'm going to give two thumbs up. I'd give it a third if I had a third. I would also, you? I would concur. Yes, go see the movie. It's great. If you got an IMAX theater near you, 
see it in IMAX, it's worth it. I feel like IMAX is the only way to truly like experience this. That or if you don't have a if you have a friend with a good sound system. True, but I don't have an IMAX ratio TV. Well, Josh, when it comes to streaming, <laughs> I just want to see how loud we're going to get that sound system. Yeah. Cole, you know what movie I said IMAX makes a huge difference on your enjoyment levels for? Avatar. Mm-hmm. But it well, was 3D. There's a difference. They I, had an IMAX 2D, but no. like it was the next week. But we, I didn't want to go see it a third time. I didn't think we could find an IMAX 2D. Um, That's not, we when, do it. not when we were going to see it. Oh, You're right. Okay. When we were going to see it. However, I... Here's the thing, The though. Avatar podcast. No, no. The, the, Here's the, the thing. Eye. You're going to get me on a tangent here. <laughs> IMAX wouldn't have saved Avatar. It was three hours of a joke. You don't know that. This was a good film. This was actually quality. You're not wrong. This was, I will say this movie is significantly better than Avatar. But that being said, so. yes, the IMAX <laughs> makes a huge difference. Um, Dune 2 has to be IMAX. I will I haven't seen Dune 1. Go see it without you guys. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen Dune 1 yet again because we're waiting on someone to have us over to his house <laughs> with a super... IMAX ratio. Don't look at me. Look at the guy with it. <laughs> Next Tuesday. Let's do it. Next Tuesday. Yeah, we got a date. <laughs> it just took gaslighting him on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> to get yeah, a what's date. he going to do? Say no. We're on yeah. the camera. You you said your TV is not IMAX ratio. And I, I made a comment we we're in the gas station. I'm going to say it again because I'm hoping someone who matters listens to this. <laughs> they probably don't. But in case they do, I'm okay if in the future TVs are square. I mean it. Like, it's a, if this TV behind me that hopefully is still playing fire, it is. It's still yeah. on the fireplace because we couldn't get the Oppenheimer trailer to loop behind us. Yeah. Um, if the TV was taller, that does not prevent you in any way, shape, or form from playing widescreen media on it. True. You can still watch TV, which is the main reason TVs are the shape they are is because of television shows, not because of movies. Movies are usually even more widescreen. You can still watch TV in the normal ratio. Just give me... The extra half foot on each side. The so ability I can, to do it. Yeah. So especially now that things like Disney Plus um, are allowing IMAX ratios. I was at Walmart the other day and I saw that it had Snyder Cut of Justice League 4K and IMAX ratio. Give me that verticality, especially when like Josh over here owns a, what, 75 inch TV? 85. Sorry. <laughs> Word flex. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a weird flex. Listen, I respect this man. Um, when you have an 85 inch TV and yeah. you're sitting as close as you are, with your sound system, it's almost as good as the movie experience. Like, it's it's so, so close. I appreciate it. Yeah, we can replicate that nowadays. And I get it. Five years ago, thinking about having, like, the IMAX ratio in your home maybe isn't something we could do. But, hey, listen, whoever makes TVs, do it for me, please. All right. <laughs> On to the... We're going to spoiler warning now, unless you guys have something else you want to say. Nope. Okay. You need another sub. Yeah, you do need <laughs> another sub. Okay. And you, you should buy, actually, two more subs. And give me your current sub, okay, as a gift. You can't use it with your system, but I will yeah. get there one day. Yeah, one, okay, one day. Okay, I'll jerry rig something. We'll yep. we'll hook it up. We're just I'll my... just make sure my wife watches this video. Yeah, hey, that's, Chloe, that's why I I have to buy two more subs. It's not on the just internet one, now. Because in widescreen, the other one. It's on the internet in wide <laughs> in widescreen technicolor. <laughs> you know what? Hey, while if you're I can't it... make this widescreen, I'm gonna have to put so many little <laughs> <laughs> disclaimers throughout this. Okay. And while you're at it, get me one too. I'll 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 take a sub while we're okay. Josh subs needs three <laughs> subs, all bigger than the ones he has. All right, spoiler warning. We're gonna actually talk about the movie now in detail. Spoiler. Normally, I can't get Cole to get close to his mic, and then this episode, I love He's it. Like on He's the like microphone. licking it, and I love it. Keep it. Oh, don't <laughs> don't make that don't, actually lick, don't it. actually lick. Don't actually lick. It's my mic. 
it's our listeners' ears. I don't want to hear you look at the mic. That's true. Hey, we got more than that. Oh, we did before we fell off before the face we, of the yeah. earth. Yeah, Just stop. People forgot content. we were a thing. <laughs> I hit the lever to lower my chair on accident Man. with my thigh. Man, good thing this is widescreen; they won't catch that. All righty, going on yeah. to the movie. Um, I was gonna ask who everyone's favorite character is. However, it's probably Oppenheimer. There's so many characters in this movie, though. So my favorite question, yeah, my question here is: What's your favorite side character, or favorite supporting character that's not Oppenheimer? Like, so we're just just negating Oppenheimer. I mean, the movie is titled him. Yeah. The movie's about him. It's kind of hard to have a different so favorite I character. So I could pick any other character besides Oppenheimer. Any other character besides Oppenheimer. The character that Robert Downey Jr. played. Strauss, yeah. Oh, he was so good. Strauss is a solid choice. He was a good twist villain. Like, yeah, I yeah. didn't see it coming. But yeah. to be no. fair, I'm not a history person. Yeah. I'm sure, um, you know, our friend Other Josh watches this. He's yeah. probably going to see that coming. Mm-hmm. But for me... Who knew very little about the story of Oppenheimer? I did not expect that. That came out of left field. Yep. But I, I think performance, though, I mean, everyone's performance was fantastic, but I think Robert Downey Jr. had the best one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I agree. It was. I mean, especially when all I kind of. I mean, I know he's in a lot of stuff, but when I know him just as Tony Stark. This was a complete opposite yeah. character from Tony Stark. You're, you're saying you think he had the best performance? As a supporting character? Yeah. I mean,. You said the best performance in the movie, so that was what I was okay, going to ask yeah. you. Do you think he was a better I mean, performance Oppen- than Oppenheimer? Because in this movie, I would say, what's his name? What's Cillian the, Murphy. Cillian Murphy, I mean, a name I will try to remember because also, I really liked him. I thought that Cillian Murphy's performance that is tough. was better. Not by like a huge margin, but I thought that it was I a mean, phenomenal performance. I mean, they definitely had the chemistry. Mm-hmm. The entire, like it was golden every time they shared any scene together. Yeah, and I think what's really cool is like they were both like co-stars of the movie, mm-hmm. you would say. Um, but they didn't share a lot of screen time. They were time. like one scene together. A few, yeah, like probably three. Yeah. Total. But but they played off of each other so well not even being on the same mm-hmm. same shot. So, so call your Strauss. Um for supporting I will. I mean, thinking about like for like yeah, performance for like a support Character, pretty much any character, not Oppenheimer, but I think it's a given that he's kind of expected someone to pick that. Josh, do you have one? I'm going to go with Matt Damon's character. Matt Damon was Ooh, good. He was the, really good. He general. played a really good general. He, I don't know. He was just, I, I enjoyed his character a lot. He was really good. He, uh, I don't know if it was makeup or what. The, so the prosthetics, the makeup in this movie was on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. They, the de aging, the aging, phenomenal. I don't know if they put a like stuff on him to make him look fat or if he gained weight for the role, whatever they did. It, it, I barely recognized him. When I did he first. Walked first. In. Yeah. I, yeah. I also like that. They had who, who's the guy that played uh Freddie Mercury, Rami uh, Malek or whatever. His name yeah. Was. I like how they had him in there, but he like barely said anything the entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. He had some important scenes. Yeah. But yeah. But like, even when he was on screen, like leading up to that, like he never said anything until the, the end. Yeah. That was a lot of the scientists. Like, they were important. They had good scenes. They all delivered their stuff greatly. Josh Peck. My favorite supporting actor, just for the silliness of it, was the Bongo guy. I don't know if they ever gave his name. Oh, He's the guy who plays Huey in The Boys. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, it's it's Huey from The Boys. It was funny. It was good to see him in something other than The Boys. I think he's a good actor. It was funny to see him in something. Um, And then uh, when they were celebrating at Christmas time, he was just in the corner jamming on bongos. I thought Mm -hmm. that was funny. And then I was, it was even funnier after they 
dropped the bomb and he's sitting on the top of that Hummer just playing his bongos <laughs> and shaking him in the air. I thought that was so funny. So for just the memes of it, the bongo guy was my favorite character other than Oppenheimer. Obviously, Strauss is a good one too. Um, least favorite character. Do we have one? I do. I have one. I'm here. I'm curious to hear. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first on this Go. One. So here, disclaimer, I like the actress that does this. Okay. Because she's great in everything else. I didn't like Florence Pugh's character. Oh, interesting. She was your least favorite character as a performance or a character? Character. Okay. I say she. I think the performance was good. Just the character, I just. It was kind of one of those things. I'm like, why do? Why are you here? Like, like I don't think it really needed. I get it. It's like the oh, he's cheating on his woman. It but, showed I mean, his womanizer. Yeah, yeah but attitude. I feel like they gave her too big of a thing role in here. I feel like you could have just had like a montage of him i feel like you have too big of a role for something that didn't really so i mean while the movie isn't a true true story it's heavily based on real facts and mm-hmm. the book american prometheus and my understanding is i mean that her, the, her character was a real person from yeah. my understanding so i think especially in the court case when it comes to trying to prove he's a communist and prove that he's not loyal to america having him spend the night with a known communist in addition to trying to smear him through the mud by showing he's a womanizer and cheated on his wife to the mm-hmm. public. I thought that her character was very important yeah, personally, but that's not, yeah, you know, not to discredit your opinion, but I thought that she was good. I mean, performance is good. Yeah. Character, you just don't like the character. That's character, I'm just like, eh? My least favorite character was the H-bomb guy. Um, H- oh, okay. I don't the know. With the heavy accent? The guy with the heavy accent. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I mean, he was fine. I feel like, I don't know if it was his performance Maybe it's just me. There was something about like the way he delivered his lines, and um, whoa, whoa. he always looked super sweaty as well. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like, and maybe it was that's just a weird. Character. And maybe that was purposeful. It's in New Mexico, what are you talking? Well, about? that's true. <laughs> maybe that was purposeful. Like, but you're right. He his makeup looked off. He looked sweaty. The way he delivered his lines, and not to do with his accent, just like I felt like it was stiffer than almost everyone else's. And maybe that's because he was supposed to be speaking English as a second language. Yeah. Punch my mic twice in like 20 seconds. I'm sorry about that. You, Cole hasn't even done it once. Yes. Yeah, you you have um, my slant. He was probably my least favorite character. Um, but that is, I had to pick someone for the purpose of the question. It was so hard because I loved all the characters. I thought most of the characters were very well written and delivered. So that was hard. Did you have a least favorite character? Probably not. I mean, now that you bring him up, if I had to pick one, he might probably be the one just because, I don't know, he didn't he didn't really fit the vibe of the rest of the movie, I didn't feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it, maybe that's what it was. I can't quite put my finger on it, but he yeah. didn't do bad. He was just my least yeah. favorite. He was definitely Our, a very just like mid-tier character. Yeah. Um, similar question. Other, what's your favorite part? Other than the atom bomb scene. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to pick that one. That's that's. Oh, it's it's not the climax of the movie. So you said this earlier. If you've seen the movie, you know. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil it's it for in you the now. Trailers. The atom bomb is like the two thirds mark of the movie. The atom bomb drops. Yeah. I looked that's at my watch and I realized that we had another hour left. Like yep. there's a whole another movie on the end after the atom bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, Which getting into that gets to my part though. Yeah. Um. I liked the whole like trial at the end. Like it was intense. You're on edge the entire time. Mm-hmm. I just thought as a whole, the guy that played the prosecutor in like the where they're kind of interrogating them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the actor's name, but he's in Winning Time, which is on 
Are you talking about the con- congressional hearing, or are you talking about the closed door? Closed door one. Okay. Yeah. That guy, because he plays Jerry West in Winning Time, I'm like, I've seen this guy somewhere, and he's really good, and I don't know his name. I feel like he should be in more things. Yeah. Uh, everyone in that scene was on top of it. Yeah, um, he was, even, he, he's good at being an a-hole. <laughs> I love looking at background actors. This movie had very few true background actors, but in that scene, I loved, there was a couple old men that really never talked in that scene. They just always sat at the back and glared. They were like, mm-hmm. listening. Especially They're that like, one guy with all the, the spots on his yeah, face. Like, hmm. <laughs> A communist, you say. <laughs> I loved how <laughs> they never actually said anything, but you could just their posture in yeah. that scene, even though they very rarely said if any words. I thought that that was very good. Josh, did you have a favorite part other than the atom bomb? Was there a favorite part? Was the atom bomb not your favorite part? I would say the build up to the like that scene That's right scene. before the yeah. atom bomb actually goes off was probably my favorite. Like just mm-hmm. the stress of so it you all. You know what's coming. You it's know out. what's coming. And like Matt Damon's character asking, what is atmospheric combustion or yeah. whatever mean? He's like, well, basically we could blow up the entire world. And he's like, what? You didn't tell me that. <laughs> We're like yeah. 45 seconds from exploding this thing. And you're just now telling me that we could blow up the entire world. Yeah. And the, that ex- the explosion scene at first when like it goes off, like you see it, but there's no sound. Yeah. It's just like, mm-hmm. It's like one of the few silent parts like, of the movie. Like, that's it? Like, I'm expecting it? Like, where's the boom? Then all of a sudden, it's like the loudest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. Holy yeah. crap. It was, uh, for the movie to have so much underscoring, so much talking, so much noise constantly, and then to just go to pure silence was incredible. And I'm glad we went to a good theater because I was thinking about our normal theater we go to. You mm-hmm. can almost always hear the movie next door. Yeah. And if I was hearing the movie next door during that scene, it would have ruined that feeling of silence. So I'm yeah. very glad we went to a good theater for this one. Yeah, but I, I'd say my favorite part was the leading the, up leading to up. the actual explosion. Yeah. Just like the panic. Mm-hmm. You could see the worry on everybody's face was like, is it going to work? Are we all going to die? Are we far enough away? You know, just like the whole... Josh Peck hovering on that button. Yeah. yeah. He's like sweating. <gasps> I want to know. I, I want someone to explain to me what would happen if that dropped below, like what that means. Cause they're like, if you yeah. see this happen, you hit that button. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that people. means. If it's, anyone knows, it's <laughs> like, something about voltage, but something I don't know. bad's going to happen. But what? Yeah. Like, I want to know. Um, gosh, there was something else. Oh, as there, <sighs> the scene that made me really the most uncomfortable in addition to leading up was like this, the construction of the tower and them loading it. Yeah. Oh, there's one part they're lifting it up and they put like bed rolls, mattresses underneath, underneath, it. underneath yeah. it. And I was <laughs> Like what? Yeah. And I'm sure that's probably really what they did. That's probably not too far off. Like, yeah. But like, put something under it. But at the end of the day, laughing like, is that you, really going to do anything? It's like you and the boys like lugging some furniture around here. It's a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Don't or, don't tilt it. Don't bang it off anything. Yeah. When Oppenheimer's up in the tower, two feet away from the bomb, and lightning's going off around him, I was like, mm. Mm, like I'd be out of there. Like, <laughs> far away from that thing. Yeah. This man just don't care. It was it was very very nerve wracking and um, it really made me think about during that scene I was thinking about the pilots who actually flew mm-hmm. the bombs. Imagine because those things were huge, mm-hmm. like flying this huge bomb, probably oversized for your plane. I, I I guess I would need to go look. Maybe they found a way to put it in like a more normal container for the actual dropping. I've seen so it, like the it, things that looked like a missile kind of. Yeah, it. I've watched something like kind of going into it's like. I don't remember the exact name of like the plane that was used, but yeah. it, it, it fit. I mean, they, got, just, they got it to work. I'm just thinking about the nerves of steel to fly into enemy territory with that thing in the back of you. And it's like, mm. I'm going to drop this thing and yeah. it's going to do some damage. Yeah. 
Um, it, so this, I, I, this leads into my favorite part, you know, like the, the mental stress that that pilot probably experienced. They showed many of the scientists also experiencing that. My favorite part was probably the victory speech. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically, I wouldn't say they forced him up there, but he's expected to go up and give a present, a speech. And he is clearly not happy. He's having mm-hmm. like a psychotic episode. Um, he's picturing himself stepping in a charred corpse and, you see some people are just absolutely elated. Um, the war is over. We won. Our boys are coming home. But the other reality is all the lives that were lost. And you see many of the scientists crying. Um, one guy was just throwing up. Mm-hmm. One guy was clutching what looked like his girlfriend or wife and just like sobbing in a corner. Yeah. Um, and just the mental stress that these people made this weapon, you know, and it's the world is forever changed. And thousands and thousands of people just lost their lives because of them. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a phenomenal scene where it just shows how excited the world was about the bomb, but also how nervous and how much blood we have on our hands. Yeah. Just weird cross section. It was. Yeah. But I like the point after that, when he's having that, uh, when he's talking to president Truman and he's, uh, Mm -hmm. he's like Truman, like Truman has kind of the, uh, he has no empathy for no, none. (laughs) He just said like, it's like, listen, I'm really tore up about this. I'm, you know, killed a lot of people here he goes listen they're not gonna know who who made the bomb they're gonna know who dropped the bomb and that was me so yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of put him in his place but was also kind of a jerk move at the same time he's like <laughs> dude the man is like in mental anguish right now yeah i want to know how much of that scene was based on reality or I, how much I, of it was based on the book i would imagine that uh truman didn't say some of the things that uh I wouldn't think I so either, know. but you Some never know. Some of those old school presidents were hardcore. I love that scene where at the end of that scene, he was like, get that crybaby out of my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, ouch. Oh, man. It's- um, yeah, it definitely. that. So the victory speech was my favorite part. I love that. And then in addition, throughout the movie, you constantly hear this. It sounds like a train. And I think it's supposed to elicit feelings of making you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. the feeling of like impending doom. You can't stop whatever's coming. And then it turns out that that train sound was the people stomping their feet mm-hmm. at that victory speech kind of tied that all together. I just thought that was really cool. That was cool. pretty neat. Um, and then, as always, your least favorite part of the movie. I'll start this one. The left nut. Or the right <laughs> nut. Sorry, I put the nut on here. The right nut. Um, there's the, the scene where they're in the closed door trial for his his security clearance and they're showing Florence Pugh's character having sex with him and it's supposed to show I think it was very well done it was supposed to show you know by admitting this information he is publicly telling the world that he cheated on his wife and his wife is having a psychotic episode and she's basically now like the world is going to see you know her riding her husband hmm. and they actually showed that and I, I think that that was very well done what I didn't like was the shot where you could see under the, under table. the table like Come on, we couldn't like you saw bring part the of camera up a little bit. Cillian like, Murphy's balls, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> there really wasn't my actual least favorite scene, but I put part on that. That's my. Yeah, <laughs> I just mean, thought it was funny. It was my least favorite part because I really don't have any scenes I dislike. I mean, in this I would movie. I would say that's probably one. I feel like, oh, what? I forgot what? Oh, it's when Florence Pugh and Cillian Murphy are together, but like they're chatting. Like, why do we got to be like butt naked yeah, sitting like, across like, the room like, from each weird. other? This is some like. Like A24 crap here. <laughs> I thought it was funny because he's just like, yeah, they're both just stark naked, just sitting there having like this super deep, serious like, conversation. Like, and all I could think of was just like a gentleman's like lounge. But instead of like everyone wearing the nice purple robes, <laughs> they're all just sitting around smoking pipes naked, yeah. just like discussing I'm world like, politics. Th- like, this is like, that was the only part I'm like, I, I'm sure like what you're like, what you're saying is good, but like, 
why? Like they were just being artsy at like, that point. It's you're getting into the A24 territory that I don't like, which is not even A24, but you're mimicking that there. I mean, I don't know how much Florence Pugh, you know, charged to be shown nude in the movie, but maybe the director, maybe Nolan was just like, you know, have been enough. I paid for the boobs. I'm going to get, I'm going to use them in every shot that, that I was, can. That was my only like one scene. That I'm like, I don't like that. Yeah. Plus it fair. also doesn't help that. It's also the character that I don't really care for. Didn't really, yeah. It's true. Ah. <sighs> Do you have yeah. a least favorite part? Least I, don't, favorite? I don't know that I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we have to nitpick to find one yeah. speaks good about the movie. No, I, I nothing that comes off, off my head um, immediately. Yeah. You know? So, And I don't want to sit here and try to nitpick something just for to have a least favorite part. Yeah. So that's why I was like, mine's, mine's the nut. It's Maybe, funny. Like whenever he's away at Cambridge and he's having those psychotic breaks and it's this like rubber band, like he's, it's it's like a rubber band graphic and it's just really loud. Oh, it's just the train sound. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was like the train sound. It was different and it was just obnoxiously loud. Or wouldn't it be like those quick cuts, the that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. And it's just like piercing. It's like like a frequency. It's so harsh. On that, like some of my notes in here, like I loved the sound design in this movie. It was so, so good. And I always try to think about like Foley artists and how they do their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like Foley artists, sound engineers, sound designers, whoever did the mixing and the mastering, I could hear every word, every sentence. The dynamics between like the loudest points and the quietest points were very, very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I loved it overall. There was one part where they were trying to figure out how to detonate the bomb and goes and we shoot it in there like a cannon and then they very quickly cut to like something being injected or a bullet leaving a barrel, something of similar. And it was a super loud half second and it was caught me so off guard. It took me like a physical full second to catch my breath. The scene happened and I went (laughs) (laughs) and Josh gave me this weird look like, are you okay? I was like, fine, but no. And there was that other part where we're sitting there and it's just this low hum slash buzz in the very back of the theater and I thought something was like catastrophically happening behind us. And I, I turned around <laughs> like twice to see what was going on. You were freaked. And then it slowly made its way to the front of the theater. It was you freaked the me weirdest out. thing. I heard it and I thought it was part of the movie. Like it didn't question it, movie. And then you started looking around like a maniac. <laughs> and I started being like, is that not the movie? Well, so was, I started looking around with you. It was so far back, and that's the only place it was, was behind us. Yeah. It hadn't made it to any of the speakers on the side or in front of us, and so it's just really bizarre. Really enjoyed it, but really bizarre at the time. Yeah, just really good use of the, the audio and the soundtrack. We talked about it earlier. Um, I put in here, so the first time that I noticed, and there may have been other times, the first time that I noticed that the soundtrack cut out was when they dropped the bomb. There may have been a moment before then, but as far as I can remember, I'm going to go see it again, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after that. Um, I'll let you guys know. The first time they got rid of the music was when the bomb dropped. Mm -hmm. Um, They did it two or three times after that. Very rare, once again, but the times they did it after that were like emotional or storytelling bombs. Hmm. Um, Like I forgot what the second one was, but the other one that I really noticed it was whenever Strauss admits that he rigged the hearing. The music, he said, like, oh, yeah, like, I rigged it, and the music 
stopped. Hmm. There was a couple times it was like, yeah, here's an emotional beat, like mic drop, and then that's when the music cut out. And then it always came back in. But I thought that that was a cool use of the soundtrack. Hmm. I'll have to, when I watch it again, because I probably will watch it again, um, I'll have to be paying attention to that. Because mm-hmm. I noticed it when the bomb dropped, obviously, because it's completely silent. But I didn't notice it any other times, like, prevalently. Yeah. You want to, I mean, you, two weeks? What are you doing? Saturday. <laughs> uh, we're playing a show. Oh, yeah, we are. Okay. Oh, no, no. Well, maybe we're going to Friday. I'll look and see when we're looking at tickets. I got to wait on. Hold on. I didn't say this at the top. If you're a theater and you tell a customer over the phone when you're going to post <laughs> your times, check that. Because we wanted to go to a different theater that I've been to before, my favorite theater, and the lady on the phone. She was like, oh, yeah, we post them Tuesday at noon. And I moved when lunch was for our camp that week. So that I could be online Tuesday at noon to buy tickets. And then I, I did that and they were sold out. They had went up on Monday and I was so mad. So um, I, I'm waiting to buy our tickets. But, you know, we're going to go in a few weeks. Elena wants to see it. You should come with us if you're interested. Maybe. We're going to go see it in Sappington. So the the even nicer IMAX theater in theory. Um, Sorry, off guard. But no, the sound design was awesome. The music was awesome. Um, They did a lot of little cool stuff like that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else in the movie you guys noticed that you you want to call out? Because I've got a list here, but I don't just want to like read through my list. Um, going back to, it, and it probably wasn't even what they intended, but the I'm just gonna call him Freddie Mercury, the <laughs> Freddie Mercury one. Um, you know, he's silent the whole movie, and then when he finally opens his mouth, it's like the biggest, like, mm-hmm. piece of information they need. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a prime example of those who speak the least amount have say, the most to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't was, say a lot, but what he when he did talk, <laughs> yeah, it was the biggest. Uh, oh crap! It you was know, a really nice twist. I was reading something after we saw the movie about uh, I guess somebody in Oppenheimer's family or Oppenheimer's family is mad because they put in the scene where he tried to kill the, the apple, guy, the apple, with I the guess. apple. Because I guess it's nowhere recorded in history that that he tried to do that, mm-hmm. like. It's it's known that he had issues with the teacher, but never to that point. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of irritated that they made it look like his his family member was a potential killer. I know? read that too, um, but I mean, the book is based on, or sorry, the movie's based on a book. Yeah, which is very open about the fact that it takes some liberties, mm-hmm. it, it assumes some things, it makes up some stuff oh. for creative reasons. Add some tension in the beginning. Yeah, like oh my gosh, you're gonna bite into the apple. Yeah, <laughs> from a storytelling perspective, it shows that he. I don't want to say has the potential to kill, you know, but there's that, there is that inside of him, you know, yeah. like he's willing to do that. If he do I, what needs to be done, but I guess. then he, he did regret it. He, he did rushed in. He decided not to. So I think it, it, it does two things. It shows like, okay, killing is sometimes in his mind, a solution for problems, but he also, it doesn't want to kill. So I think it does serve some story purpose. It does. Um, I just thought it was interesting bit. that yeah. the family's talking about it. I saw, I did also read that, um, and that's a valid criticism. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're from that family line, I think it was like the guy's like grandson, even like it wasn't even like that far down the tree. Yeah, grandson or great grandson, something like that. Yeah. Um, unlike Oppenheimer's beliefs, um, Oppenheimer, sorry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple times throughout the movie, when he's talking with people, that he talks about his his wiggle room and his ideologies. You know, like he supports some aspects of communism breaches mm-hmm. against other aspects. And I said, are you in or out? And he's like, I'm, I'm neither, yeah. you know, I think that there's something here, but I don't think your version of it is what I want to commit to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, I like some wiggle room and they go on 
to repeat that theme throughout the movie with the bomb. You know, he believes the bomb has a use, but he doesn't necessarily want to use it. You know, he thinks that we need it, need to have it so that we can end the war. But yet, mm-hmm. as it's being sent off, he he then regrets it, and then he turns around and becomes this big advocate against the bomb or the bombs. He, so. he becomes an advocate against H bombs, and yeah. he has becomes a big advocate for controlling the world's nuclear yeah. energy. Yeah, I, I'd see. I if I remember correctly, it was even like he was an advocate for like deconstructing and having no nukes mm. if i understood that correctly he he would rather no country have nukes than every country have nukes yeah i think so um and i thought that that was cool because yes he is the father of the a bomb but yeah he recognizes that and I, I liked that they introduced his thought process very early in the movie and it was consistent throughout um I loved in general how much he was for and against the bomb. He knows he recognizes it as a necessary evil, but then now that the necessary evil is gone, wants them removed. And I think it also kind of made it out to be that he was using this as kind of more like a personal like test to his theory mm-hmm. because he's the one who kind of started the quantum, not started, but took quantum theory into mm-hmm. a, a deeper realm. He brought it to America, brought it to America. Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of expanded on it. Um, and so the atom bomb was like the true test of mm-hmm. does his quantum theory that he's been talking about theory wise actually work in practical use. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. So it was a little bit of it, maybe a personal vendetta, like mm-hmm. testing his theory. I hope it get Oppenheimer next time there's an Ant-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want? Yeah. Just like Ant-Man like he goes, in, quantum. He he goes is, inside a nuke. He is quantum mania. <laughs> yeah. He really is. This movie, I definitely, yeah, when... Uh, I actually had the thought. I thought of Ant-Man, and I hate that I also thought of Ant-Man um, the first time that said Quantum of the movie because Marvel superheroes media have mm-hmm. like turned the word quantum into like where you take your story yep. when you're running out of ideas. <laughs> so I heard Quantum, and I did. I'm, I'm, I thought of Ant-Man, and then was this was a very nice release from thinking about that. Yeah. Um, I have a couple other things on here, you know, but like I, they're all kind of the same thing. The movie was both political in nature and not. It definitely was a warning about the atomic bombs, but it also doesn't paint Oppenheimer and those who created it as evil. Yep. Um, you know, um, I he Japan is not evil, but yet they kind of are. They're kind of not all at the same time. You know, it, it was a very gray moral speaking movie. It's like kind of take your take your side after you've watched this. Yeah. I, say, I it's love that it, interpretation. Speaking of Barbie and then Oppenheimer, Barbie is, I've not seen it, but it's well known for shoving an agenda. Yeah, you know, Be, that, being that's very heavy-handed, with heavy-handed its message. with its message. Yeah. Yes, or not shoving an agenda, but you know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but then Oppenheimer, where it very well could have mm-hmm. stayed, it, it towed the line and it, it stayed more mm-hmm. even keeled. Yeah, no, I thought that that was really cool. <laughs> I love it's so unrelated, but it was one of the few times in the movie that I like laughed. Laughed was they were trying to figure out where to bomb, and mm-hmm. I never thought about it. That's a meeting that you have to have. Yeah, and it's like because. Japan, you know, pretty big size island. Where, where are you going to drop it? And I loved that he's like, I've got 12. Oh, sorry. Taking off Kyoto. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he tries to justify it. He's like, because of the cultural significance. Also, my wife and I honeymooned there. And it's just beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> I laughed yeah. out loud at that. And I was like, that's true. I'm, and that might have actually happened. I don't know. But I thought that that was so funny that that was the reasoning and that that's a conversation that needed to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to plan out like, oh, so we have this bomb. Where are we dropping it? Yeah. Where are we dropping, Where are we dropping boys? boys? Yeah. 
where we're dropping the boys. And yeah. I think Tokyo, they said, was like their first option, but they had firebombed it so much that like 65% of Tokyo was already gone at the Finish time. Finish it off. I can't remember if that was Tokyo or somewhere else they said, but yeah, I remember them talking about the firebombings and yeah. stuff like that. Um, gosh, it's such a morally gray, awful bowl of soup to even try and like sift through. World like, War II was so wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you go back and read about it, it's just... The Awful. things people did was crazy. Yeah, and like, I don't study history enough to know this for certain. It was told to me, and maybe this was like lies, that the you know the Japanese people had been so, I don't want to say brainwashed, it, 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 but kind of adjacent to that. that they were told Indoctrinated, that's a better word, thank you. That they were told, like, you know, the Americans are going to rape you. They're going to, you know, take your children. And if you see Americans, you're better off to kill yourselves than to, you know, resist. And so you had this when the U.S. was trying to board that this was happening, and that's why they were like, okay, we have to do something to end the war. But even then, knowing that going into this movie, it still makes you feel like you're doing something wrong. It still makes you feel like you're doing something even evil because of the way the movie presented it. So, mm-hmm. man, good movie. All right. that was. I have a list of likes here. I'm curious. Never forget, though, that they gave the, they gave the child away and then got it back. That are wishy-washy. Oh, I, I, I didn't interpret that as him giving the child away. I well, interpret- he, he got it back. I interpreted that as he was it's like a pawn shop. He just uh... yeah, he was too busy with work and it was stressing out his wife. He and his wife, he didn't have the time to commit to raising the child. Mm-hmm. So he said, "I need you to do this for me while I'm busy." Um, and I, I think that that I didn't view that as evil. I viewed that as well, he, not evil. Just like he recognizes just what he's doing. Out, I'm like. Okay, like we're just gonna give children away and then uh, get them back. Just wishy washy. Again, it was the forties. Strange time. People just kind of children were, or people were very loose with their children back got then. The, the the quantum scientist over here, wife's blacked out, drunk, got a baby screaming in the other room. <laughs> yeah, like what a what a sight this is. If my child screamed as much as that child oh screamed my gosh, for the that, five, I may have also that, given that it away. Maybe like that was piercing every. <laughs> Was like I'm extra... conti- okay, I'm continuing my theme of I don't like the kid actors. This w- this kid wouldn't <laughs> shut up. Yeah, the he Exorcist trailer. Every time it was like the Exorcist trailer versus that kid for like yeah. volume. So yeah, if my kid yelled like that, I may have oh my gosh. also given them away. <laughs> for <laughs> I might have been to Josh and Chloe's house, be like, I need you to watch this kid till they're five, and then I'll take them back when it's kid- yeah. <laughs> when then, then you can have another one. When I can scream <laughs> also. Will you watch this till it can play video games and then? And then give it back to give me. Back. <laughs> can you give this when it'll learn to shut up? <laughs> Jeez. I, I, but I say that I have this like list of likes. We've talked about most of them. I tried so hard to find dislikes that were worthy of talking about other than like picking fun at like, you know, seeing part of a nut. Just the ever so slight tasteful corner of one. Um, did you guys have any? <laughs> did you guys have any real? So you mentioned Florence Pugh's character. Were there anything else? Were there any actual dislikes you guys had with the movie? Oh, can, okay. So we got to talk about the black. I mean, I like the the color and black and white because that's a very Nolan thing to do. Memento, mm-hmm. yeah. What I thought of. I I want to know the rules for why it's black and white and why some things are color. We were looking that up. We were I, on accident because Memento. Yeah. There's like a set theme of why they use it. This one, yeah. it, it I didn't catch on to the theme of what. I think I was close when we were leaving the theater. Mm-hmm. I thought that black and white was what people believed, and then color was what really happened. Okay. It's 
we I accidentally when I was trying to find something on I was trying to figure out if the black and white scenes were the same IMAX ratio because in my mind they're scrunched in and then in color it opens up I can't I don't know that for certain um, I'm going to go watch it again I'm going to make note but I was trying to figure that out and in the process someone was explaining it and they said that the black and white are from like a third party perspective of what happened and then the color is like the truth and first person perspective from Oppenheimer okay um so it is his perspective of the events as they really happen. Okay. And I think the good, what really keyed me in, what helped me piece it together was the Einstein thing. Mm-hmm. Strauss remembered Einstein turning around and looking mad and not looking eyes at him. And he just assumed, you know, he said something evil about him. But then when it's in color, we see that they were really just discussing, you know, did we provide the tools to destroy the world? Um, yeah. And it was what happened, really happened, air quotes, because it's based on a book, mind you. I don't know if that conversation maybe really happened. Maybe. It was truthful. So that's how I interpreted okay. it. Well, that that makes at least a little more consistency, because at first it seemed like they're just picking and choosing when it's... Because at least with, like, Memento. Josh, have you ever seen Memento? Okay. Nope. Good one. Good. Um, good. Really good film. But, like, at least it has it where you have... The scene plays out, and then you have, like, an inner monologue for the black and white, and it mm. trades... It switches back and forth. Yeah. This one, it just seemed like it was, like... Here's several, here's a lot of color. Here's one black and white scene. Here's one color scene. Here's a bunch of black and white. Like, yeah. it's just all over the place. No, I didn't feel that it was all over the place, but it did take me a while to figure out what it was. Yeah. And I appreciate it now that I think I have a grasp on it, especially I think it was a, uh, gosh, um, who's Pitch Meeting Dude? What's his his website? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Screen Rant. It was okay. the Screen Rant article that I read as we were sitting here waiting and getting ready. I think they helped me piece together it a little bit better yeah after hearing well what you said after the movie and then that article there that that makes the most sense to me mm-hmm. thinking back we're on what roll scenes with were that. black and white what were color yeah. so any other any but other dislikes because the theory a, a, a move, a, <laughs> theory only takes you so far oh he got you there <laughs> watch you got me um i'm ready if you guys are if you guys don't have any other dislikes to go on to the rubric you guys Let's do it you ready i'm going to do something a little different here. Oh, oh! Please don't do this. Got video. Ready? You're yeah. changing things up. I we're am ruined. We're listen. We're at 50 minutes, and I think we've already talked about the plot, the characters, the direction, everything. I'm just gonna lay it all down now. I'm gonna be honest. This was fives across the board for me. We can break down each section if we really want to, but I think we kind of did that pretty naturally when we were talking about it. I'm gonna go ahead and jump the gun um, and just say that for me. This is an easy fives across the board, especially on like direction characters and enjoyment. Plot was basic on the book and a true story. I thought the plot was excellent. We talked about how good the characters are, you know, so I'm going to, I know that it's a uh, weird, you know, maybe to just jump the gun like that, but I'm just going to say fives across the board. I'm going to tell you mine. It's not, is not. So let's, let's dive in. What is not a five? I would just give me the categories. I'll just give it. So okay. So let's <laughs> fair. So plot, Cole. What would you give plot? Plots of five. Plots of five. Josh, are you also five in plot? I'm probably going to go fives across the board as well. I'm trying to go ahead and skip to Josh real quick. Yeah, I, I I can't think of anything that I would downgrade. Downgrade. Think we can bring them up. Whatever is four is <laughs> or a three. We can try. God forbid it's a three. Maybe oh, it is though. Boy. Maybe it's a two. All right, Cole. Characters so might have a three. I'm going to turn and look at you now, making sure we're still recording. Cole, plot. I gave you plot five. Oh, five. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I was listening to Josh. So plots of five for you. <laughs> my bad. Proof he doesn't listen to you. Yeah. Uh, I got headphones on. You were talking in my yeah, ear. So, Cole, what about characters? I'm assuming, I'm guessing this is probably your four. 
Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. So was was it Florence Pugh's character? Is yeah. that that dragged it down a the whole? The whole one character. Oh, yeah. What's that? Not perfect. Not it perfect. Exceeds expectations. I was just saying. Listen, we gotta have an actual Rubik written out here before <laughs> I can. We did at one point. I lost it. No. Yeah. But if that's your interpretation of I it, I took you're it as like, hey, you got a perfect on this. You're gonna get five. But if I have to knock you down because we can't do decimals, I'm gonna. Yeah. No, I don't. I try not to do decimals. That's a cop out. Yeah. So okay. So direction. You you anything different on direction? Four. Four. Okay. What did you not like that, about direction? Hold up. Hold up. That to me is a shocker. Yeah. Because this was one of the most well directed movies I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so what I do we agree. think? What do we think? Cole's giving it a four four. Uh, the black and white. He mentioned that. I like that though. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say maybe some of the obnoxious sounds. Okay. I'm going to say... And maybe the fact that it was three hours. Excess nudity. Excess nudity? Tyler got it. Oh, was that oh. it? Yeah. Mm. I felt like... Like, okay. There's the time and a place to have that in a movie, but I felt like they just threw it in there just to throw it in there at their points, especially when it's just that we're going to have this casual, deep conversation, gentleman's club style with your tits Nude. hanging out. Yeah. 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 There's and a, also uh, the, the flipping grinding and the dang... Uh, Grinding on top of him in the flipping, uh, what is it, the closed session? Yeah. Yeah. That so, might be the most important I mean, sex scene in the I, whole movie. I get though. it, yeah. but it's like, if I if I felt like if we didn't have all of that prior, prior to, to, it may have hit harder. Yeah. But it's like, you, you, that's true. You kind of, uh, I can see that. Okay. I don't want to, no, I'm not going to say that because it's on a podcast. <laughs> I, I was about to say something that, uh, may get us, uh, a ban. Yeah. No, don't say nothing that's going to get us banned. How about, I guess for me, nudity. I don't like excessive nudity, nudity generally, if its goal is to arouse you, like American Pie, where it's just girls taking off their tops and jumping around. That, to me, is obnoxious. Get it out of there. It doesn't need to be in there. When the nudity serves a purpose, um, or its goal is to not necessarily arouse you, but it's just there, it doesn't bother me. Um, Something that does bother me is movies where like there's a sex scene, and then these people who just finished um, having sex, the girl gets out of bed and wraps herself in the sheet to walk mm. to the bathroom. And it's like to not show nudity. I get that they're doing it, but to me, it's just weird. It takes me out of it. I didn't feel that any of the nudity in this movie was its goal was to arouse you. Um, so I personally, I'm fine with it. I agree. It was a little bit excessive, especially like you said, the scene where they're just sitting there shirtless, but it's even then, I don't think it was like its goal was to make you like horny. Does that make sense? Yeah, just weird yeah. choice. So yeah, that's just my yeah. my take on it. No, yeah, you're that, fine on that. That is a fair assession uh, assessment of the direction. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's Florence Pugh and the movies with random nudity. Cough, cough. <laughs> Midsummer. <laughs> I forgot that she was in Midsummer. She's the main person in Midsummer. She's yeah, on the I, poster. That was before I like recognized like. And she's also Goldilocks <laughs> in Last Wish. Yeah, that was before I started like recognizing her in things. So um, she, she's on the on the. Uh, Oh, she's up and coming right now. Yeah, she is. I like her. I think she's a great actress. Continuity, Cole? Five. Five? Okay. It'd be very hard to find a... Someone tried, actually, and that's actually what the screenwriter article is about. Someone said, I, I have to point out an inconsistency in Nolan's filmmaking when... Was the flags? Was the flags was the 50 stars. Yeah. And then someone mm-hmm. said... That's actually what that article is about. Someone said, I could argue that this was done intentionally because it is supposed to be how people remembered that happening. And people 
present day remember 50 star flags because there's another shot in the movie later where the star does or the amount of stars in the flag is correct. Hmm. So I, mean, I can't say I'm counting all the stars. In a, yeah, I'm not yeah. focused on the. I Even then, I wouldn't take off a continuity point no. for that. You know, no. that's just like Drop whoever it. the guy is they sent out to buy flags. If it wasn't intentional, probably just bought flags. Yeah, you know, he was I mean, obviously attention. drops that down to a two. Then I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cole, were you uh, a, a three, four, five on enjoyment? Uh, five for enjoyment. For five me. for enjoyment. Okay, I really like this movie. I did. I did really like this movie. Yep. For so. for three hours for. You know, we already said like it. It was a three hours where you weren't gonna get bored. They didn't mm-hmm. like have any like down moments where it's like, Mm-mm. I mean, it keeps the momentum going from the start of it to the very end of it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that brings our total score to a ninety-seven point three three, rounded down to a ninety-seven. You know, maybe one of our highest movies. It's not close. The, not the highest. It, but the, one of the highest. The highest it's is the whale. Uh, the whale. Yeah, which we gave a one hundred percent. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Good movie. Good movie. So this was also an excellent movie. Um, I'm going to go see it again. Um, it being three hours, I may not go see it a third time. I also may because once it leaves theaters, I may never get the chance to see it in IMAX again. Now, that being said, I don't want to overburn out myself seeing yeah. it, you know, and make it where I'm like the fourth viewing. I'm like, or the third. I'm like, just like, Ugh, you know, like I don't want to go force <laughs> myself to see it. But if I feel this way after the second viewing, I might go see it a third time just because I won't ever really have the chance to watch this in IMAX theaters more than likely again. True. You know, people right now are begging um, Dune to come back to IMAX before its release. And they're having trouble doing it because IMAX, I think they're like a company almost. Mm-hmm. IMAX as a company. It's a brand. Yeah. Yeah. Is like only has so many theaters and they're saying there's not enough, you know, yeah. um, they've already said that the Marvel's, I don't know if this is true or not. Someone said that IMAX claims that they're not going to be giving the Marvel's any IMAX screens because Dune 2 comes out around that time. And hmm. they're going to dedicate all their IMAX screens to Dune 2. Hmm. Can you imagine shooting your movie in IMAX and then being told? <laughs> like, we're not going to show you. By the way. Yeah, by the way, you actually can't yeah. use. You can't use our theaters. That being said, I don't know if, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know how much Marvel movies are shot on true yeah. IMAX. Um, I think it's just a ratio for them more than anything. Um, but I could be wrong on that. So we'll see. No, no. 97, that's good. That's good. So it was good to get back here and do this with you guys. It was. What is our next movie? We got Ninja Turtles coming out. I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to see it. I'm so nervous about that movie. I want it to be good. Listen, I'm, I'm expecting the worst, honestly. Yeah. That's... So maybe if I expect the worst and it's just <laughs> okay, I'll be blown away. That's my problem. So like I saw a, a, a like 10 second YouTube clip today, like a, an ad before a, a YouTube video. And it was like, Critics are saying it's the funniest movie ever made. And then oh, I'm just, boy. oh really? Yeah. Oh. And I'm thinking to the one trailer I've seen for it. And that trailer was one of the least funny. You things. watched the trailer. It was, we, we saw the, one of the first movies we saw where they were starting to show it. If I'm on the fence about something, I'll usually watch and now the, the cast in it. Yeah. Casting's should good. The, should save this movie. But like the, the, that trailer did not make it look good. Funny wise, at least. So I'm hoping that they just have chosen not to show the jokes. And I'm fine with that, you know? I so. mean, I've seen a bunch of Pizza Hut ads for this. Uh, oh, good. And, uh, good. <laughs> and none of those have been funny either, so it's, it's going great. Are we talking, like, you, you probably have not seen Code Geass, but that was a, an old, like, 2000 anime, and the American release, they partnered with Pizza Hut because there's a character who likes to eat pizza, and they just put the Pizza Hut label, like, all of her boxes, and oh they, they wrote in extra oh, scenes you, where she was, like, eating you... Pizza Hut pizza for no reason. <laughs> so she'll be sitting there talking about, like, <laughs> overthrowing the country of Britannia as she's, like, <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the uh, the con- 
controller they released with the pizza scent. No. What? So what? I'm about to pull the video. One of our friends sent it to me that really likes Ninja Turtles. You know who I'm talking about here. Uh-huh. Um, he sent it to me, and I kind of want it because okay. it's it's a controller, but it, it, you attach a like an adapter onto it, and you pour this liquid in here that emits a pizza scent while you're playing. I would just be hungry the whole time I played video games. It looks freaking awesome. I don't think they ever released it, but it's like the KFC console. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if, hold on, I keep looking at the camera. I like having a camera. KFC, if you're listening, I still will buy this console if you're out there. I don't think you ever released any official versions, but listen, if it's... Forgot that was a thing. I never heard of it. It haunts my dreams every night. I think about it every day. (laughs) (laughs) If if you still make the KF console, (laughs) I will buy it. I have... Disposable income I'm willing to spend on a video game console that can heat up wings for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what more could you want? It's just called an air fryer at this point. <laughs> Does it all. But I need it to be able to play <laughs> video games and then awesome. Listen, you don't do console anymore, Tyler. You're no. a PC master. Like, I mean, I tried so hard to play Call of Duty with your controller the other day. Like, it was it was rough. But I, you know what? After that, I almost found it. I told you guys I, I dug it out. It's over there. <laughs> it it has been. It's been dug out. I might. <gasps> Look it up one day soon. Oh, maybe. Boy. maybe, maybe, maybe. But I did dig it out, so it's there. I know where it's at. There's even an HDMI cable next to it. Oh, so man. we'll see. Man, yeah. So, alrighty, Ninja Turtles. There was Dune two, obviously. Once we got we the Marvels come out in a few months. I, so I, Dune two is a month or two away, I think. Dune two. Um, Haunted Grand Mansion Tur- just. Grand uh, Turismo. Haunted Mansion looks really good. Actually, it just released last weekend. Is that streaming? No. Is that in theaters? I, don't, I think it's in theaters. Yeah. So we got we gotta be a Disney tier list. Good. Good. I'm yeah. surprised we haven't done a Disney tier we list. We haven't pl- watched a Disney movie. None? No. Really? Yep. Nothing's caught our attention. Nothing's really tickled haven't. tickled our fancy, as the kids say. Um Yeah, I'm down to watch Haunted Mansion. That that's in theaters. Um we have a thing Saturday, right? Honestly, let me Yeah, we do. Let me go ask my wife what we're doing on Friday night. If you guys are, (laughs) I got nothing going on. Let's play. Okay, Haunted Mansion, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, eventually Dune Two. I wouldn't be opposed to doing an episode for Dune One since we're doing Dune Two. If you guys want to, or maybe we just maybe if we don't do an episode, we just review it and then talk about what we would have given it when we do Dune Two. Okay, you know, so Gran Turismo, like Cole said, that looked good. That looks good. That looked really good. Exorcist. Exorcist. I'm interested in October. Have we done a horror movie tier list? No. No. We were going to go see Elementals and that. That we wait. That we just didn't happen. We just uh, didn't. I heard that movie flopped. Well, though. you know what? That would have been a great episode because we could just trash it on it. I heard it. <laughs> well, I heard it flopped. I didn't hear it was bad. I heard yeah. it was just generic and it wasn't advertised or marketed well yeah, at Susan all. May. Yeah. Um, wait, what? It's like Susan May. Susan May was marketed well. Yeah, but it, Susan it wasn't May, good. Susan May, I didn't like. Like <laughs> I have to get my digs in on the anime confusion. Yeah, you you did like a I definitely felt like the Pokemon attack, uh-huh. and I was like <laughs> Timothy is confused. I was like, wait, that joke doesn't make sense because <laughs> Susume wasn't. I'm good. just gonna let you uh, remember that you drug us to the anime equivalent of Space Jam Two. I will find a way to drag you to another one. Um, maybe I'll go pre-screen this one. I won't tell you guys. I'll go like <laughs> watch it first, and then take my notes, and then be like, all right. It's really good. It's good. And then I'll come to you guys and be like, you know, I heard, you know, if you guys would be down to try it again, maybe, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll ever get Cole in a theater for anime again. Josh, are we going to do the Attack on Titan movie when it comes out? I don't know. I haven't watched like the last we gotta, you, season and a we half. We got to watch part one. We got to watch Attack on Titan, the final season, part two, movie one. Yeah. 
It's so dumb. Huh. So dumb. All right. And on that, let's end the episode. Thank you for watching and hopefully widescreen. Hopefully. Maybe. Technicolor. Uh, widescreen. Thank you for listening. If you liked and enjoyed this, please tell your friends. We promise we're still making episodes. It's just life's been busy, you know, with our work and things like that. But we, we want to keep making these. So any way you can support us, we'd appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye.